turbos are wound up. We are hitting on all cylinders, and we are back. I am so excited to be right here with you right now. Special thanks to Nick McCormick for last night uh, giving me some company and making a, a halfway cool little podcast that Jessica says I apologize too much for doing by myself. But she is back. And she is the Perspiring Patriot. This is the Bushels and Barrels program. I'm Ryan Peter. Bushels and Barrels on TikTok and Twitter is where you can find me. And you can also find the Perspiring Patriot at X. What is it? Oh, gosh. You're going to make Mish. me. <laughs> you don't know. even remember? I don't know what my handle is. <laughs> you almost forgot how to do a podcast, me, didn't we? I did, yeah. <laughs> that is Mrs. Bushels in the letter N, BBL. On X. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Bushels and Barrels on TikTok. Yeah. She is Jessica. Say hello, Jessica. Hello, Jessica. How's it feel to be back? Weird. It, it I, you know, last night, me doing this by myself. Now, granted, I, I was a couple beers in, just farting around and talking. What Now, what was that look for? I don't know. You just kind of rolled your eyes whenever I said it's that. It's okay. It's whatever. I didn't think I sounded too bad, did I? <laughs> no, you didn't. Okay. You didn't. Good, good. But, uh, it, you know, last night doing this by myself... And I would have never had, I would have, I wouldn't have went more than 15 minutes had it not been for Mr. Nick McCormick. Mm-hmm. Cause I, it's hard to do just here. It's, I mean, it's kind of like wiping with your left hand. You can do it, Gross, but right? it's just, it doesn't feel right. It's disgusting. It is. Yeah. Oh, do you want me to edit that out? No. Okay. I won't. <laughs> well, I'm serious. You're like, this is our podcast and it was weird not having okay. it here, you know? Okay. So anyway, what, what's been going on in our life? I, I don't think that we've done a podcast since I married Ross and Brooke. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think we warned people I was getting ready to, but mm-hmm. so we did that. Mm-hmm. It was a great time. Great ceremony. Beautiful place south of Fairfield, Illinois. Oh my gosh. I know. What was that called? I can't even remember. White Silo. I think so. Was it? Maybe. Let me look it up. I'll I find don't out. think it was White Side. Oh, maybe not. I don't know. I can't remember. It was beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful wedding venue. Just uh, a great time. And I think I did pretty good. White Oak Events. White Oak Events. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's what it was. Fairfield. Yeah. Um, South of Fairfield. I thought I did pretty good. No. No, I'm lying. Oh, my goodness. That's where she had her bridal shower. <laughs> oh, shoot. This is real life. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'll look it up and I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> okay. Okay. But how, how do you think I did? I think you did fine. Really? Yeah. I mean, I was I was griping at you like a few times during it. Like, no, that's not right. I would have so much to say if I were talking to you right now. <laughs> so I imagine what our listeners are saying. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, just because you guys were talking about, uh, you and Nick were on the oh, phone. Oh, honey, honey, honey. I was talking about how did I do marrying Ross and Brooke. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> we are out of tune. But out now that tune. I know you disagree with some of the stuff that me and uh, Nick was saying, now what are you talking about? Well, I guess we could get we could get into that here in just a minute. But no, you did great at the wedding thing. Okay. Yeah, you did good for your first wedding. Yeah. First and only, maybe. Yeah, I'm yeah. not looking to be hired out to do this. No, not no. at all. Yeah, but no, I think I think you did fantastic. Right. Honestly. Well, thank mm-hmm. you, thank yeah. you. So we did that, and then honestly, we really haven't been doing too much. I don't think. Do you? 
It's mostly uh, just been the day-to-day grind work. of yeah. what we do. Yeah. I've been in a tank truck a lot this this harvest. That is for sure. So mm-hmm. so Jess gets her CDL, and somebody had to pick up the slack while we were getting the crop out. And uh, anytime there was an overflow of work, Jessica was the hottest tank truck driver in America. <laughs> Did you ever have Thank anybody you. say <laughs> or do you. anything or whatever? I mean, there was a whole truck of guys that drove by once. And like rig hands? Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah. And what they did they were laugh- do? I don't know if they were laughing at me because of my driving ability, which is totally possible. Or if they were like, what? Who is that? Is that Ryan's wife in there? We know who he is, but we don't know her. You know, that kind of thing. I oh, have, they no, know idea. You. Trust I have me. no idea. For a male, you're way easier to remember than me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Willow Creek Venue. Willow Creek Venue mm-hmm. is what it yeah. was called. A lot of W's, a lot of creeks. It was very beautiful. It was white. Right. That's why I thought it was called white. So. Oh. I think there is a place called the White Silo, but it's yeah. north of here. But okay. I'm not yeah. sure. That's not it. Anyways, Willow right. Creek. Yeah. 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 Um, last weekend, we went on the Christmas party bus. That was a good time. Yeah. How'd you like leaving at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? I'm not a big partier, like, going on that kind of thing, but it was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. I'm not a, I'm not a drinker either, so I don't, yeah. I don't really partake very, a whole lot. Yeah, but at least we got home early. But it was fun. Yeah, we had a, yeah, we could have picked Alton up, and we actually made arrangements for him to stay the night, so, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Yeah. It's always a good time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um good conversation i actually it was the first time i had ever met nick nick mccormick's wife kelly and her and carolyn have a podcast they've been best friends for years and i we just we're so like-minded you know it's good it was good you're all farm wives good conversation yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep just uh you know balancing you know what's funny is that we all know and nicole is in the same boat we all know that there is work there is there is everything revolves around harvest time and springtime planting so um it's we all understand the life you know it's hard Mm -hmm. it's not for everybody i mean you have to be self-sufficient no matter what like you you can't rely on the day-to-day change this light bulb change this filter in the (laughs) the for the house or you know even the pool i mean for us i've got to figure it out on my own i can't rely on you to do it or else it's just gonna go you don't have the time to sit there and i'm perfectly capable oh yeah yeah you take care about everything around here well yeah 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 there's a lot so (laughs) but it's fun i enjoy it it's i think that's this is what i was meant to do made to do and i think that my growing up and and my mom and dad you know taught me things that are absolutely helpful on the farm even though i was not i didn't grow up on a production farm we had animals you know mm-hmm. 4-h and stuff like that but right anyway yeah so you and alden just got back from the ark encounter yes tell me about it how yes. was that fun so, i didn't even really talk to you about it no because i just got home <laughs> right and i drug you up here to yeah do a podcast. <laughs> i've got i think i've got laundry going i don't know if i hit start or not shoot <laughs> so, um Anyway, we, so mom and dad for Christmas this year, they wanted to give us a Christmas present of going to the Ark and they were, you know, all of our hotels, they said, we're going to pay for the hotels and the tickets. Kids are free at these places. So it's pretty cool. Um, Now we went to the creation museum, which is about 30, 40 minutes away from the Ark encounter and it's one and the same. So I think the same organization 
they all they're they're all the same so um when i tell you cleanliness and service is like top notch at these places it was amazing I will say if you're thinking about going, wait until your kids are junior high age or higher. I don't think, I mean, not saying that if your kids are younger, they're not going to get something out of it, but to really appreciate what this organization has done and to read about the history. And um, there's a lot of reading involved, uh, walking through and stuff. Now, Alden, he was entertained, but like at the museum, there were some places, um, walking through that there were some exhibits that just I keep them sheltered pretty good you know I don't we don't watch Halloween movies and stuff like that we we I I keep them sheltered (laughs) so anyways he got a little bit I mean there were some things that were just kind of scary to him you know and the talking about hell there were some holocaust exhibits in there you know talking about evil in the world and um so it showed those those I mean very graphic pictures and, and heartbreaking you know, yes and he doesn't understand what that is heartbreaking and why those people look like that you know and, and i'm talking skin and bones oh and, yeah and um and some of the exhibits had a bunch of wars and stuff and babylon and uh was anyways it's too mature for a five-year-old mm-hmm. in my opinion they just they can't understand now if you have a baby you want to walk through and read it that's totally cool like i would totally do that but as far as like getting something out of it, I think the adults probably get more out of the whole thing, even Noah's Ark. Like it was just amazing. It's just a it reading and learning journey, mm-hmm. is what yeah. you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And they have, and they have live performances throughout the day and then the evening. And since it's Christmas time, they have the lights and then they have more um, Jesus, you know, uh, Jesus storytellings and and readings and stuff like that, which is so cool. Um, I just, I, it was, it was just awesome. The service was impeccable, like just five star, you know, and the cleanliness, they have a small zoo at the Ark and it's not like a, it's not like a regular zoo. (laughs) It's just clean. And you just don't expect that when you're walking around, you know, farm animals or animals in general. Right. So they had some really cool stuff. Um, mom at lunch today or brunch however you want to call it uh she was like what's so what's your favorite thing and I said you know I didn't get a whole I didn't get a chance to read a whole lot because I was taking care of the yahoos one of one of my sisters wasn't able to make it actually two of my sisters one's in Oklahoma it was too far um but the other sister and her husband weren't able to make it um but her kids were there not all of them but two of them and it was it was kind of hard to uh keep the kids roped and wrangled really, <laughs> and then try to read and but stuff. then try to learn something because mm-hmm. you always yeah. have to have one eye on them. Right. Yeah. And make sure they're in line and all that jazz. So and keep their hands off things and, and that's fine. But anyway, it was just awesome uh, to read through. One thing that sticks out is that they had an entire room of Noah's Ark and just fairy tales and um, just a whole room full of books about Noah's Ark, but none of it was about Noah's Ark. And so on one side, on one side, there was this serpent. And the, and the funny thing is, is like they have the serpent and it is a super long, I'm talking like 15 foot long, red, blood red snake with like an, I mean, the face is just red and gold. And the teeth are gold and the, you know, the tongue is black. It's just this magnificent creature 
and you're like, ooh, that's kind of, ooh, it's a snake, you know? And um, on one side of the this room that has all these baby books in it, it's like, it says something like, if I can get you to believe that the flood wasn't, wasn't real or question that the flood wasn't real, I can get you to believe anything. So then they have this, and I'll, and I'll read it because I bought a book that has all of the plaques and stuff, but uh, it had all these steps of how to deceive the world that we live in today. And on the other side of the wall was a verse from Matthew, I believe, and it says um, something about deception and how, you know, questioning things that the devil gets in or, you know, evil gets in um, easily through cracks in our belief and our faith system. And, and um, it makes you just not believe that the flood was even real. So what was eye-opening to me is that I never learned about Noah's Ark like beforehand, like even in VBS and... Um, like I never knew what all came, like what it all entailed. It took 150 years to build this boat. Holy, yeah. holy cow. You know, you told me that yesterday on the phone. 150 years. That's what the Bible says. Yeah. I wonder what they considered a year back then. Cause didn't, didn't you tell me that Noah lived to be 900 years old? Something like that. Yeah. See, like that yeah. could, just me and my earthly brain here. I'm sitting there thinking, how well yeah in today's world it's unheard of to hear of someone barely over a hundred i mean i know? wonder if back then they called a year what we would call one month i don't think so uh-uh i just wonder no there's and there's scholars and stuff that have have this information so anyways what i loved the most about it is in some of their exhibits they showed life before the flood and then they showed life after the flood and i never heard about what happened to the ark was it destroyed or you know what happened to it did, did, uh, did are, now do you say that just because you didn't make it that far in in the exhibits or you just don't know they, they had it you. they had it there i just oh. i didn't get a chance because okay. i had one eye yeah when i opened one eye this is, this is something that like adults need to just go do oh yeah yeah and high schoolers it sounds to me like mm -hmm. because you can't really appreciate everything that's there if you've got your eyes on the kids running yep. around and yep. moseying around and stuff so um i would love to go back and we will you know uh, maybe if alden gets a little bit older if you you and i have an opportunity to go mm -hmm. i would love to go um they had a whole so alden was <laughs> super interested in the babies because they had a an exhibit dedicated to conception and so I, <laughs> it's really kind of funny because it kind of makes everybody feel awkward and uh, weird when you're talking to kids about conception and like what happened. Uh, yeah, five-year-old especially. <laughs> yeah. So they had it laid out like from stage to stage in weeks and, and then eventually into months and stuff. And so he was so intrigued by it. He was like, mommy, is that the belly button? And it had a woman just the belly of it and where the baby, you know, how the baby was placed and everything. And he was like, is that the, is that the belly button? And I said, yeah, that's how it's connected to the mommy. See, this is the mommy. And then this is the umbilical cord. Oh and gosh. this is the belly. So it was very, he was so interested in that. And then it showed, you know, how, um, you know, babies, whenever they're conceived, it grows and grows and grows and grows. And, um, in the first few weeks, it's unrecognizable as a human, I mean, if you know what you're looking at, then yes, you sure. can see it. But as, as far as like a five-year-old, it's hard to... So he was so interested in it, though. It was just amazing to watch him, watch him looking at it. 
And yeah, and and actually, it showed um, you know the egg ovulating and then the the egg coming down. And dang, it was so cool though. Like it was so cool, and nothing like visually that's going to scar your brain or anything like that. It's it's nothing like that. It just shows like you know sperm meeting the egg and how they're they're racing and stuff. I don't think a five year old needs to be seeing that just yet. Do you see? I don't think I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You don't, uh, -uh, because you're not seeing any body parts. You're not seeing anything and i don't think there's anything wrong with it okay i'm just Mm-mm. thinking it's it might make him start asking some questions that i don't think he's old enough to know the answer he might to. ask questions but we could always you know go, whatever yeah. okay. i don't think i don't think so i think he was just really it was just really cool to him to see a baby you know being grown and mm-hmm. and he was like well what's that shadow back there and i said i'm, I'm sure that that's the mommy's belly you know because there was just a dark circle behind right. it yeah so he was trying to understand like just the visuals but that was really, really cool. And there were some doctors there um, that have dedicated, I think, five different doctors that had that, had uh, put it all together yeah. for this exhibit. It was awesome. It was just awesome. And, you know, we've come so far in our society today. I, you can let your kids run in these places and not worry about it. They're safe places. Yeah. And you don't have people, like, hovering over you thinking you are going to steal anything <laughs> you know if, even if you go into walmart today they think that you're gonna walk out with product or whatever without paying for it here no you didn't have any of that it's always like okay where's the cash register i don't know where to pay for this at yeah so but it, i mean it's all right there so it's i mean it was pretty simple but it was amazing it was really really cool they had um they had an area dedicated to like dragons and beasts and dinosaurs and uh, because dinosaurs were living during, like, before Jesus' time well, with yeah. humans. Yes, yes. So, so that's, and, If that's the case, I've never been taught that. Yeah, so it's crazy. It's, because I, I've never been taught that. They well, talk about beasts and stuff in the Bible. Huh. Yeah, and then they talked about the Ice Age and how, you know, ice, is, ice covers things. There's a section, and I didn't get into it a whole lot, so I don't know about it, but there was a plane that went down in the 40s, and then it had been covered with sheets of ice, tons of tons of ice. And then in 88, they, they brought it back to life and actually, <laughs> or they uncovered it. Um, I don't know if they mined it out of there, if they just found it, or I, don't, I have no idea. But anyways, they ended up rebuilding this engine and flew the plane after being covered with ice for years. What about the people in it? I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't read the story about it, but it, oh. I mean, it's a true thing. So huh. there's a bunch of geology and astrology stuff that was, you know, that they well, see, talk that's, about. That's why whenever you say that humans walk the earth the same time as dinosaurs, I've never mm-hmm. learned that dinosaurs walked, walked the earth about 63 million years ago. I didn't realize that humans walked the earth back then. That or dinosaurs have walked the earth since then, but I thought yeah. after the great extinction, they, it was... They were no more. So I'm not a history major. I'm just telling you what I saw in in these in these exhibits. Huh. And and it it's just very interesting things that you just don't think about. You know, I grew up in church. You grew up in church, and there's just I mean, the way and Dad, it was so cool because Dad's like Jesse. Now this is where they you know the water came in, and this is how they actually watered the animals on the ark. Because if you actually think about it. And they had reptiles, they had amphibians, they had bugs, they had all kinds of stuff on the ark. And I never thought about that. Like, how do you feed, how do you feed reptiles and 
meat eaters while you're, you know, I, I don't know. It's crazy. So hmm. it was just really cool. It was really cool. Okay. Yeah. I'll go back. Okay. Yeah. I'll try to go with you next time. Yeah. You, yeah. And the reason you stayed back is because we had a landlord that passed away and you had the yep. celebration of life. Yep. Sure did. Mm-hmm. Sure did. So, huh. Well, I guess I can add that to a place I'd like to go. I'd still like to go to Smithsonian. Oh, yeah. At yeah. some point. Okay. I don't want to go with kids. No. Not no. at all. I'll, uh-uh. I, I don't even, Alden can stay somewhere else. He can mm-hmm. go with grandma and grandpa or wherever. But I don't, I don't want to be, I do not want to have an eye on a kid and then try to take in what I see there. And don't let me discourage you from taking your kids if you plan to go. It's a three and a half hour drive for us. So it's right down the road, essentially. <laughs> but I'm, I'm on, to, if you're going to make an eight hour trip or even six hours, I would just, Make sure you're prepared because there is a lot of reading, a lot of history. And, you know, it's just so cool. As an adult, you just really appreciate it. Kids, I don't think that they have no idea, Yeah, you know, how, what they're actually looking at. Was it very busy? Um, not extremely busy. Hmm. Now, they do have a Christmas lights and, and they do have celebrations every night right now. They're not open on Sundays, but uh, they have that. So they have events throughout the christmas season got you mm-hmm. awesome. so that got that got a lot busier at the museum because that was what we attended at in the evening yeah you almost need two days well I that's that's what everybody says about smithsonian you really? just can't do it in one day yeah there's just no way yeah not and get everything out of it right so just so cool so yeah. anyway yeah i've got books that i'm gonna look through and read another place i'd like to go what I've told you this before, is uh, Shanksville, Pennsylvania, where Flight 93 went down. I'd like to go to that memorial. Yeah. I don't know why. I just always, okay. I've always wanted to go there. That's not too far from us, is it? It's a long way. Oh, it is. When we're up there, we can go see Charlie Trucker. Okay. Because <laughs> he lives in Pennsylvania. It's in Pennsylvania. Surely they're close together. Because <laughs> Pennsylvania is such a small state. Right. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what we did this weekend. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. I didn't do anything but stay back and work and then hang out with Nick McCormick last night. So mm-hmm. i tell you what, you guys certainly didn't forget about us because the number of messages and emails that we have gotten in the past month and a half is unbelievable of mm-hmm. like, are you guys done with the podcast? Please don't be done with the podcast. We don't want you to be done. No, we're not done. <laughs> it's kind of humbling. So I just want to say thank you guys. Yes. It's, it's, it, I am honored and I'm sure Jess is too, that you allow us to be Absolutely. a part of your life and, and you give us some of your time. It's just kind of funny because we're just like normal, I think. I don't think we're normal at I mean, all. You, think, you don't think we're normal? Okay. <laughs> and I, I mean, I don't mean that bad, but I just, <laughs> I sometimes think we run harder than anybody else. Yeah. Just because we never stop. Yeah. But always well, something to do and then when you think you're going to get some relaxing time it just doesn't show up mm-hmm. and i mean some of that's our fault we're getting to the point where we just have to schedule time out carve it out for our family yep because it's hard to it's hard to come by right and a now. podcast mm-hmm. so but i knew we'd be back and you know i told for those of you that didn't listen last night i i i, I told you guys i think that 2024 is going to be busy yeah when it comes to political things in this election and, and stuff like that I think that uh, I don't even know what to, I, I don't even know what to expect. Do you? I mean, 
They've thrown everything plus the kitchen sink at Donald Trump, and he just is annihilating the other Republicans in the primary. Yeah. Like, I don't even understand what the purpose of these uh, quote-unquote debates are. There's no purpose other than to make people look like idiots. I know. <laughs> and I've, what little bit of time, maybe, you know, five or ten minutes in the evening, whenever one of these debates would be on, if I happen to come across it mm-hmm. and watch it, it's just laughable. I I love Ron DeSantis in the way that he has governed Florida. But he just looks weird on stage. He stands there like I don't know. It's he's almost not the same Ron DeSantis that we saw uh last year whenever he won his governorship. Remember mm-hmm. that speech he gave after he won? Mm-hmm. He was loose and he was on fire and this he, is where woke comes to die. That's exactly speech, right. Yeah. Remember we opened yeah. the show with that one day. Yeah. And that is how you get it done. Mm-hmm. Where did that guy go? I feel like that was genuine. I feel like what he's doing now is not That's genuine. Exactly. Yeah. Like he was just loose, which in my opinion is genuine and when you're loose and you're just going with the flow and you're letting your emotions show through that's the way he was when he won the governorship and had a speech that night and that's the reason like everybody was jacked about him Mm -hmm. but then in these debates it's like who is this statue and some people that i read on x whenever well it wasn't it was kind of a debate whenever gavin newsom and him were going back and forth on fox news that was supposed to be a debate what the heck was that everybody that i read on x the conservative minds are all like oh desantis is mopping newsom's rear end and that's not what i saw no what i saw is a man who was constantly on defense Mm -hmm. because gavin gavin was loose and he was, to, and I mean, I think he is slicker than a greased turd. Oh, I would, he's so greasy. I would not, you couldn't pay me enough to vote for that guy for anything. Mm-hmm. But he was loose and he was, had his, you know, slick hair and slick smile and he was mm-hmm. taking it to DeSantis. Mm-hmm. Now, I disagreed with everything he said, but he was in there, loose, confident, rolling. Yeah. And DeSantis was just constantly picking up the grenades that he threw at him but and he, throwing he, them back. But he, but he, but he, but he. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure what to say, sir. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't see it that DeSantis won. Now, no. with what DeSantis said, his message, yes, I agreed with. But damn, man, throw it back at these guys. Make yeah. them be on defense. Make, make Gavin Newsom defend the fact that the homeless are pooping on streets everywhere in San Francisco. Yeah. Make him own that. I didn't listen to that debate, I don't think. I don't remember. You didn't miss much, and we I didn't watch it for very long, but I just I just sit there, and I, I saw that, and that was kind of turned me off, and then then one of the Republican debates on News Nation is what, what station it was on, and Chris Christie, the fat slob, is just leaning up against the podium like, you know, he needs a third leg, and I'm sure he does because I'm sure his knees are shot, mm. but he's just sitting there like a fat, arrogant slob talking, and I can't stand that guy. Nikki Haley, she's not my favorite. She's, I don't know. And then. I think she's establishment, honestly. I kind of do, too. That's Mm -hmm. the the feeling I get from her. Yeah, just old old school, old, yeah. Yeah. And then DeSantis, who I think is still a rock star in Florida, I don't know what has happened to him on the national stage. I don't know if he just, he got in this four years too early. I don't have any idea. And I hope he can correct I think it. so, yeah. I mean, by all accounts, Trump is, is go- going to be the nominee. There's no doubt about it. I, 
I mean, you look at polls now, granted, take polls for what they're worth, but Trump is mopping Biden's ass right now in every poll. If the election were held today, mm-hmm. and it was fair, that'd be the key too, if it was a true election. Mm-hmm. But what are we doing farting around here with, with these Republican guys? You know, who one guy that I do kind of like, though, is Vivek. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, I do like too. he is not establishment and he just sits there and he lobs bombs. He's always on offense. Yeah, and then you're gonna have your your people like me that are like a little bit skeptical still. I mean, yeah, I like what he says, I like how he says it, and I like how he he starts the fights. <laughs> Cause he's a lot like Trump. He is like we are so as Americans, I think we are so sick of the crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like Vivek has said, and he's exactly right, and he's just like Trump in this way. He's self-funded. Yes. He yes. doesn't need to go mm-hmm. out to huge corporations begging, 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 begging mm-hmm. for him to give him money, so therefore he can keep his campaign going. He's yeah. doing it on his own. Right. So I think there's that, but then there's a lot of people that are like, he's he's being taught by whoever Obama taught, whoever took Obama through through his stuff. So I think there's a there's a toss up with him yeah so but i do think that he is bringing up some very valid points regardless of who he's got behind him saying um this is where you need to go or you know these things really pull well with americans or you know whatever i think that there might be some common common ground between obama and him because they both were charismatic if you will mm-hmm. um because there's a there's a a part in some of the speeches that says, well, I bet you, I bet you wonder who this skinny kid with a weird last name is, you know, and they both say that yeah. at one point, you yeah. know? So I think there's, a, there's people that pick up on that and then they say, and with social media and the internet, you know, it's easy to find those sound clips. Oh yeah. And then you're like, okay, well, he's an Obama, he's an Obama guy. Well, I don't necessarily think that's true. He may have some of the same people or the same ideology, you know, behind him. I don't know about the ideology. He's a pretty conservative guy. I'm talking about like as far as what phrases to say in front of the American people to make it that pull well. I don't know. That people accept. Okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? The one-liners. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm saying. As far as ideology, that and that specifically. Right. I don't mean like as a whole, as a person and what they stand for. Yeah, but um, we'll see what happens. I, I don't think I don't think any of them have a chance, and I don't think Vivek or Vivek or whatever his name is. I don't think he's going to be a VP pick either. I mean, probably I, not. Yeah, you never can tell. Yeah. Um, somebody else who I'm following on Instagram, which I do enjoy her stories, is House and Habitat. I think her name is Jessica Kraus, and she has a Substack. I don't subscribe to Substack, but anyway, um, she's been following RFK Jr. and there's he's he's picking up some steam with the independents and and democrats for sure um so it's well we and me and you've talked about this i can't remember if we've said it on the podcast right whenever rfk announced that he was going to run for president as an Mm -hmm. independent Mm -hmm. some of the conservative talking heads that i listen to is just like this is probably not good for trump he is going to (laughs) take take votes from trump and i never forget i was going down the road to lebanon indiana to pick up the hydrostat for my combine whenever i was listening to i can't remember which which radio talking head it was said that and like i am going down i-70 and i'm thinking you could not be more wrong right the only thing that rfk has said that even mimics what some conservatives have said is the skeptic skepticism about the covid19 vaccine you take that out of his uh, portfolio 
The dude is a freaking liberal. A crazy ass. Well, now climate change Nazi zealot. Uh, there's a lot of that to him. Yeah, which is kind of spooky because he's kind of like freedom, but yet <laughs> climate change. <laughs> so, yeah, it's yeah. kind of weird. Yeah, you can't but be you can't be pro freedom and climate change. You, you can't do it. No, no, I agree with that. I don't know that Trump has ever said I'm skeptical about the COVID nineteen vaccine. I'm pretty sure he's always said, if you think it's good for you, get it. I don't think anybody should be forced to get it. Right. I think that that's what, that's Trump's stance. He never came out and said, well, and maybe he has. If if he has, I haven't heard him specifically say that. I'm just saying, I think that he backed up, you know, Operation Warp Speed. Right. And that was getting the vaccine to people. But remember... The only reason they came up with the vaccine is because they said they had no, nothing else could fight this disease, virus, whatever. Right. And they lied. Of course. They lied to Trump. They lied to the American people. And that's why they got their emergency. Right, 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 right. Act, whatever. But in regards to RFK, the guy is a liberal. Uh, I mean, if if you look at Joe, I mean, just assuming you're a liberal, I can't hardly do it. I can't even assume that I'm a liberal. I'm not. I can't even hardly put myself in their shoes. I just don't get it. Yeah. I was sitting with a guy uh, on Friday. I won't say who it was, but he cracked me up. He said, uh, he was giving me crap because we hadn't done a podcast in a while. Yeah. And, and, uh, I don't even know what brought it up, but he goes, I won't even go to the Democrats stand at Ag Days in Mount Carmel and buy a steak sandwich. That's how much I don't like the Democrats. And their steak sandwiches were pretty good. <laughs> so, I mean, he's kind of like me. You just He yeah. just can't even imagine himself being there. Mm-hmm. But if, if you try to put yourself in that position, okay, you're, you, here's your choices. You got um, scrambled egg brains, Joe Biden, who's going to run again. Maybe. Or maybe, but as of right now, it's what it looks like. You can vote for him or you can vote for this independent guy. Well, Mm -hmm. let's, let's, let's examine what Biden stands for and what RFK stands for. A lot of it's the exact same Mm -hmm. climate change. Uh, I don't know about the weaponization of the DOJ quite as bad for RFK. And there might be a lot of Democrats that look at that and go, I don't like what he's doing here. Yeah. Yeah. This is wrong. And I think that that's the case. He's stealing votes from Biden, mm-hmm. not Trump. And mm-hmm. that's why I just could not understand why anybody would come up with the idea that RFK is going to steal votes from Trump. Mm-hmm. I think, no, it's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Right. So it's going it, to, it's, it'll be, it'll, yeah, it's going to play out how it's going to play out. And I, I would just encourage you if you're Christian <laughs> to vote <laughs> and vote how, you know, just vote. Right, you got to vote because a lot of Christians do not vote. They're not even registered. They don't care. You know, Dan they Bond. Just, they just believe that whatever God wants to happen is going to happen, and that's not true in no, this world. You got to get out and it's work. It's a fallen world. Like if if we were to just leave it up to that ideology, in my opinion, it would just be bad, and Christians. It just wouldn't have it. Anyways, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying that. Things that happen on this earth is not all because of, that's God's will. You know, is a oh, lot of people of say God's will, you know, if if he if he wanted this to happen then he would he wouldn't let it happen or would let it happen, you know, if this is God's will, this is what it'll be. No, you've got to go and be a little bit proactive. Right. You know. Yep. Period. Yep. I mean, you do. 
Yep. So, and I think that, that there's a lot of people that died for our country to give us the freedoms that we have that we've lost. Well, there's we've too lost. many of them that died for this country, mm-hmm. every single one of them, for mm-hmm. us to sit here and go, well, it's a lost cause. Yeah. No, that's not what they died for. Mm-mm. And we right. don't have we don't have guns pointed at us like they did. Mm-hmm. They took the bullets for us. Now we're not going to roll over. Those are the guys that could have rolled over. Right. Just said, "Oh, I don't want to die." Mm-hmm. No, they died. And I think a lot of that goes back into the encouragement of actually doing a podcast and speaking out. Like you and I, we're just normal people who work hard, and we've got kids, and we have a you know we have a farm. You know, so we. I mean, we're just Fight the everyday people. battles that everybody else fights. And to let everybody know that, hey, we're out here. Yeah, you're not alone. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. That's exactly right. Um, You want to get into any news? I've got a few stories. You do? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a little bit rusty on them. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Whenever I was doing show prep today, you were still on your way home from Cincinnati. So I was like, I had the quiet house, mm-hmm. nobody running in and out. Are you about ready? Are you about ready? Are you about ready? <laughs> Why are you doing that? Well, I, I need to know. I need to know usually whenever you're doing show prep, like how much time do I have time to fold this laundry and put it up? Or do I only have time to like start a load of laundry? <laughs> like, or can I mop the floor? Can I vacuum while the you're... The struggle is real, folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. But um, oh, a few stories that I got here and I, I don't have a whole lot. Uh, I did do more research on that that uh, missing guy up in okay. Iowa. I got mm-hmm. a better timeline that I'll share with everybody yesterday. I, I mean, I gave what happened and I wasn't wrong on most everything that I said, but after I read about it a little bit more and put the timeline together in my head, it actually makes it even more of a head scratcher. <laughs> I just, obviously when anybody vanishes, it's weird, but it makes it even more of a head scratcher. Uh, and we'll get into that here in a little bit, but mm. the first story I have from foxnews.com, Elon Musk says DEI must die and explains why DEI <laughs> is not Dale Earnhardt Incorporated. Okay. That's not who he's talking about. Okay. Delta Epsilon is some, <laughs> no. no diversity, equity, and, and inclusion. inclusion. Yes. You know, all this stupid crap that they, that mm. universities try to shove down our throat and, and big corporate companies. Corporations. Yeah. For oh sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Tesla CEO says DEI policies are simply another form of discrimination. The tech billionaire took to his social media platform X on Friday to declare that DEI must die, saying the point was to end discrimination, not replace it with different discrimination. Yeah, that's a good point. Profound, uh-huh. easy to understand. That's exactly what's happened. I mean, you and I, a couple few podcasts ago, which now that would have been like four months ago, uh, <laughs> you said that you were the you were the uh, the person that didn't get a job because you were white. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what. Yeah, that's what affirmative action is all about. Exactly. So that makes perfect <laughs> sense. The point was to end discrimination, uh-huh. not replace it with a different kind of discrimination, mm-hmm. which is exactly what happened to you. Musk is the latest addition to a growing list of high-profile figures who have criticized the outcome from DEI programs in recent days amid backlash over the presidents of Harvard, the University of Pennsylvania. Why is the University of Pennsylvania? Why does that stick in my head? Mm-hmm. University, you pin, pin, you pin, pin, pin. Oh. You pin, you pin, you pin. <laughs> is that... T- <laughs> William, 
William, Leah Thomas, Leah Thomas is, is still a boy. <laughs> okay. Went to UPenn, swam yeah. there. This all makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And MIT all refusing to say during a House hearing on anti-Semitism that the calling for genocide of Jews on their respective cant- campuses breached their rules and amounted to harassment. Did you see any of that testimony by any of those people? I didn't watch that one. No, I didn't. Mm-mm. Or the lack of testimony. The the president of Harvard mm-hmm. could not come out and 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 say anti-Semitism is bad. Yeah. Remember we talked about social projection and like how the Democrats project onto like what Trump, you know, they said that he was in deep with Russia and Russiagate and yada, yada, yada. And it come to find out it's all made up. Yeah. Do you remember them calling Trump an anti semite or whatever all the time yeah yeah he's just nothing but a he's just a racist bigot anti-semite you yep. know that's those are their words yep. <laughs> they've used against him and now here you are talking about this college yeah saying that they won't and these aren't these are ivy league <clears throat> schools these aren't yeah i mean these are prestigious not places yeah mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not so sure about the university of pennsylvania but i do understand <laughs> that they have had a pretty badass business school up until now okay but harvard university of penn mit everybody knows oh, yeah. the brains that go into mit yeah and these people i how do they get these positions i don't get it how do you end up as a, the president of Harvard? It's their pedigree, Ryan. It's who you know, not what you know. It's who you're connected to. Yeah. It's, That's it. Yeah. What did uh, I heard somebody say? How many donors remember. can you bring in? Uh, it's not the grades you make. It's the hands you shake. Oh. Is what I had. I heard I a like guy that. say this past week about yeah. going to Harvard. Mm-hmm. It's not the grades you make. It's the hands you shake. In other words, trigonometry trigonometry is trigonometry or advanced yeah. whatever is yeah. what it is and you can it's do, the the lesson doesn't change whether you're getting it from bone gap university mm-hmm. or harvard <laughs> yeah. so it's not the grades you make but going to harvard it's the hands you shake yes so i yeah i like that 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 line too but this article goes on it says following the testimony billionaire harvard alum bill ackman called on three ivy on all three ivy league leaders to resign in disgrace Mm -hmm. and suggested harvard president claudine gay only landed her job in the first place due to the university's dei policies yeah shrinking the pool of candidates based on required race gender and or sexual orientation criteria is not the right approach to identifying the best leaders for our most prestigious universities ackman wrote on x i'm going to go on ahead and extend that and say shrinking the pool of candidates based on race gender or sexual orientation is not the right approach to identifying the best leaders and stop yeah who cares about the prestigious universities yeah no business if you're looking to grow and you're looking to do the absolute most ass-kicking job you can possibly do Mm -hmm. to build business all you want is the best leaders, the mm-hmm. best, the most qualified people. Mm-hmm. Meritocracy. What have you done? What's your experience? Tell me how you can get me farther. Not, well, what have you done? What's your experience? But what's your skin color? Mm-hmm. That's not going to find you the best candidate. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, Vivek Ramaswamy weighed in. He said, I think if we, we restore true meritocracy in this country and embrace true diversity of thought, chances are we are actually going to have a bunch of different shades of element in a range of genders and different positions, he said. But let it not be a goal. Just let it be a byproduct of actually selecting people who are the best person for the job. Mm-hmm. And especially in a university setting, diverse viewpoints as well. I agree with that. The best person for the job. And, and for those of you who don't know, this the Harvard president, Claudine Gay, she's black. I don't know if she's LGBTQ or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's what this Harvard alum, Bill Ackman, was saying. He thinks that DEI is the only reason she got her job. Yeah. And I would have to agree, at least at face value, because who in the hell hires people this stupid to be... It's Harvard. Jeez. Yeah. Did someone not see this coming? I mean, I don't know. I'm just asking. So, I don't, the DEI stuff, I... When you have somebody, your boss, look at you, and she's a white woman... When she looks at you and says, hey, just because you're white doesn't mean I can actually give you this job, even though we know your work history and you are really, really qualified. and We'd really like to have you on the team. It, you know, you might be knocked out by somebody of color. Yeah. Period. Like what I am of color. White is a color. Like, and if anything, I'm more, I've, I'm more cautious of my color now, like thinking that I'm inferior to some people, you know, just because that's the way that I'm treated. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. your white privilege. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's all baloney. <sighs> Who's that Theo guy? Uh, that Theo Vaughn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of a goofy guy. So, uh, but I mean, he's, he's got a comedian. Some, isn't he's he? got some great points. Yeah. I would, he was in Evansville not too long ago. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, I'm going to out myself here. Okay. Yesterday, whenever you called at like 2 30 in the afternoon, I uh-huh. said, I just got to eat lunch. Uh huh. And you're like, it's 2.30 in the afternoon. You didn't just get done eating lunch. <laughs> oh, yeah. I ate, <laughs> ate a late breakfast and just now eating lunch. I didn't just get done eating lunch. I had eaten oh. lunch. But I got sucked in by TikTok. Uh-huh. And, and I Theo? Just, and, <laughs> and Theo came across my FYP. And I, I remembered his face, but not like real well. Well, then I went to mm-hmm. his page and I looked at his pinned ones, his mm-hmm. pinned videos. Yeah. And that one where he talks about a, a white privilege. Mm-hmm. And his neighbor being black and them having a conversation. Did you ever hear that or no, see that? I don't oh think my so. gosh, it's funny. You want to hear it? No. No. <laughs> tell me about it. Just tell me. I, I can't remember exactly how it went and I'll slaughter okay. it. Okay. So they were talking about it and they had a fun loving conversation about it yeah. or it got heated or what? No, he's not. He's just doing a stand up routine yeah. okay. talking about it. Okay. Yeah. Hang on. I want to play it. Now, before I play this, I want to warn all you guys there's some profanity here. Whenever I go into edit it, I'm going to try to figure out how to delete the F word. But if I can't, it's just your, your warning for your kids. You might want to turn this down right now. But this is Theo Vaughn about white privilege. My neighborhood really was just poor black and poor white. And uh, so I hear a lot about white privilege and I'm like, fuck, man. Miss that. <laughs> I mean, I knew some motherfuckers with sweaters, okay? Don't get me wrong, you know? But I was two tank tops in the winter. <laughs> and my black friends would get mad at me, man. Like, man, look what you did to us, man. Look what you did to us. Like, bro, do you think I would do all that shit and move right next door, bro? <laughs> now, we gonna split these plums or not, man? <laughs> Fucking, we're down here together, dude. 
You think I took all your shit and just don't have it? <laughs> Somebody else has both of our shit. <laughs> and they're watching us fight over it. <laughs> it's so true. It really is. And I'm sorry for the profanity. We don't generally try to do the F word around here, but... I mean, I watched that yesterday and was rolling, like tears yeah. coming down my eyes because I, he delivered it in such a funny way, but it is so true. It which, is so true. Getting back to life, I mean, most things that are truly funny have an element of truth to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Oh, well, moving on. Matt I, Reif. Matt Reif is another com- comedian. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he uh, he recently said something that offended a lot of people. And um, it, it may have been, actually been on TikTok. And he said something and then made a TikTok about it and said, if you need trouble, or if you have trouble understanding this, or if you were offended by this, I want to apologize. Please click on the link. And the link takes them to. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it takes them to uh, a helmet, like a special needs helmet that you could purchase. <laughs> And then that offended the people that were initially offended. (laughs) (laughs) And that guy, he's really funny. He's like conservative or liberal. Like, I don't care what you are. I don't care. I'm not going to throw that at you guys. You're, you know, whatever. But if you get offended by what I say, it's all just a joke. Yeah. You do need one of these special needs helmets. Yeah. Because you're supposed to apologize and everybody is demanding apologies, whatever. So here's my apology. Yeah. If you were offended. You know, that kind of that kind of must have happened with Justin Danger Nunley there on TikTok as well. He made some joke about um, a, a, a dead person or whatever. And I can't even remember. But within the joke was the the, the term six inches. And uh, he, he made a joke about that. The corpse in six inches. I don't even know what the joke was. Yeah. Somebody got their tail and got their tail all twisted about it and came back at him at it. And he responded with it with just. I mean, he didn't say F you, but he said F you. Get over it. It's supposed to be funny. Really? I didn't, I'm not doing any of this to hurt anybody's feelings. Right. And if what I said hurt your feelings, you couldn't see the humor in it. That's your problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agreed with it. Yeah. I was like, it's just supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. You know? That's good but stuff. It really is. Man, it keeps, like, comedy and 90s country just kind of keeps everything at bay. <laughs> 90s country. What have you been listening to lately? Oh, Sarah Ann and I, my other sister, we are on our way home and we were just jamming out today. So. Really? I'm like, man, this is the this is a good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> what silly songs. <laughs> Innocent songs. Mm, yeah, for real though. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about twerking or anything showing up no, in those songs. No, you don't have to turn the radio down when certain songs come on from right. back then. Mm. Anyway. Mom, what's the watermelon crawl? <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you later. I'll show you. <laughs> uh, I got another story here. This might bore some of you, but I, I and I had to really read into it to figure out what they were talking about. But for for those of us that are farmers, um, you know, one one thing that always comes up in farming and and in generations, I'm talking generational wealth and passing it down. Lots of times, you start talking about the estate tax and how unfair that is. That just because, you know, my mom and dad die, I get there, I get, I inherit, you know, my part of their property, but the government wants to take mm-hmm. a tax, a portion of it whenever, and the argument is, and it's the true argument that it's all after tax dollars that's getting handed down. It should not be taxed again. That's, right. that's 
Right. I mean, people say that's double taxation. I, that is more than double taxation because all this money is taxed so many times. Right. But uh, the, the story, uh, the headline is Supreme Court to take up dispute over estate tax owned by family, owed by family business. Now, this is what I never in my life thought about. Life insurance. Whenever mm-hmm. someone dies and let, let's say I die and my life insurance is 10 bucks, okay, you're going to get, you, my wife, are going to get the proceeds. Now, this is not exactly the way this works because me and you, according to the government, are one entity because okay. we're married. Okay. But let's let's say that uh, um, Cody took out a life insurance policy for 10, on me for 10 bucks mm-hmm. and I die, Cody's going to get the 10 bucks. Okay. I didn't think that was ever taxable. I thought that money was income that Cody did not have to report. What? I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that's the way it's always been. Okay. Well, here's what happened. I guess in St. Louis, there's uh, this business owner. Um, let's see here. What is it called? Um, closely held corporations offer enter into agreements that require the redemption of a shareholder stock after the shareholder dies to preserve the closely held nature of the business. Now, what that means is me and you own a private company private company it might be incorporated but it's not publicly traded right and let's say that you own 80 percent of it i own 20 percent of it you die but i know when you die i i want those shares of stock because i own the other 20 percent of it and then i'd mm-hmm. own the whole company mm-hmm. so what i do is i would let's say the stock is worth 10 bucks i would go buy a, a life insurance policy for 10 bucks mm-hmm. meaning whenever you die i got that 10 bucks to buy that stock yeah. off of your heirs so that's why somebody who's not necessarily related to a person would buy a life, life insurance, insurance policy. policy. Okay. Okay. I'm following you. Now, this court case is based on the fact that the IRS wants to put a value on the company, but it's hard to do because it's not publicly traded. They don't have to turn in financial reports to everyone every year to say what their assets are truly worth, you know. There's no estimate. So now the, the IRS has gotten into the business of basically appraising what this business is worth. And the fight has become the business is worth $3 million. Three, yeah, the business is worth $3 million. The life, insurance, the life insurance policy that is taken out on this guy that died was $3.8 million. What the IRS is saying is the value of your business is $6.8 million, and we're going to tax you based uh, according to that. And the guy who is getting the money for the, uh, the, the he's the recipient of the life insurance, saying, no, our company's only worth $3 million. And the IRS is saying, no, once you get the money from the life insurance company, it's worth 6.8. Because you're getting that money. That's oh right. Oh, my gosh. And he's saying, no, that's mm-hmm. not the way it's ever worked. Life insurance is never taxable. And you're not going to tax this. Mm. This money was specifically set aside so that I could buy these shares of stock. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And even at that, you don't know what that company is worth because it is a privately held company. Mm-hmm. So there's the big fight going on here. This and could change the entire system. I it has the potential to. It has. Yes. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Mm-hmm. You could... Double, triple the size, triple the value of your company, according to the IRS, just by taking out a bunch of life, insurance, life insurance on somebody that yeah. owns it. 
and then they die. Yeah. So Illinois is already kind of doing this, saying there, well, we know a few people who have received notices from Illinois saying, we saw that you purchased this truck, you only paid, you know, 5000 for it, but we think it's worth 30000 So you're going to owe taxes $30,000. Yep. We're going to tax you on the $30,000 rate that we think it's worth. That's exactly right. Even though you only purchased it for five. Cody deals with that all the time. Yeah. You know, he buys these semis at auctions uh-huh. and he only buys the ones that you can get a good deal on. Well, define a good deal. Right. I'm buying it well below retail. Therefore, he has a margin in there that he can mark it up a little bit from what he bought it and make money. Well, he buys these trucks and the state of Illinois constantly says, well, you're going to pay sales tax on a little bit more of it than what you just bought because that because truck's we, worth more. we think it's worth more. And I thought the value of something was based on what an agreeing buyer and an yeah. agreeing seller make a deal on. That's right. the value of it. Right. I, that's I mean, That should be your taxable value anyway, I would think, uh-huh. because here's where you get into trouble with that. Imagine Cody goes out and he buys uh, a semi that for a $30,000 semi, he finds it at auction for uh, $5,000. let us just say $5,000. Okay. Super cheap. But... The reason it only went for 5000 and Cody knew this going into it, was it's got a blown-up engine. Uh-huh. So it's going to take a lot of money to just get that truck back up and rolling. But, yeah. you know, he's figuring I can put a new engine in it for ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars yeah. $15,000, still turn around, money. sell it, and, yeah. and everything. But there's no guarantee that he can do that. He's taking the risk whenever he buys that. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, he goes out, buys the $5,000 truck, Knowing he's got to put a hell of a lot more money into it, and the state still comes back and says, "Well, it's worth thirty thousand. No, it's junk right now. You know, it's just BS." But there was a, a comment at the bottom of this thread on the Epoch Times because that's where I got the story. If I didn't okay. say that already, okay. somebody and I'm not, I can't plagiarize this as my own. I wish I could because mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a brilliant point. Whenever. We're talking about the IRS now is in the appraisal business. This guy writes, in New York, the IRS must understand that overvaluing a real estate's value for financial purposes, including taxation, is now considered a crime and punishable by being prosecuted by Letitia James in the courtroom of (laughs) Arthur Ingram. What do you think he's referring to? He's referring to them making an appraisal on Mar-a-Lago and undervaluing it, which is so true. It is Hit so the true. nail on the head. Uh-huh. You yeah. want it, you can have it. Yeah. You know, you, you're going to do this. You, we'll treat you just like mm-hmm. you're treating us. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? But that that whole thing, I, that is something I've never thought about when it comes to life insurance, though. And, and what the IRS is trying to do here is inc- increase the value of your company just because once somebody dies, there's going to be an influx of money. That, that's that... But as long as nobody's dead, I get, and it's all for the the estate tax crap is what it is. But I mean, I don't know. But why is an estate tax? Those are the questions that we should be asking because like you said earlier, those are taxed dollars already. Why? Every bit of it. Why, why is it taxed again? Every single person's net worth is their value after taxes have been paid. In other words, you go buy farm ground, you can only buy farm ground with taxes that have already been paid, the money left over, because you can't you can't write off to farm ground to buy it. You can write off the interest when you borrow the money, but it takes profit to pay for the farm ground, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and of course, the estate taxes, it's a rip anyway. 
And all that, all that is, is the estate tax is nothing more than class warfare because the people that are subject to it are considered uber rich. Which and is not evil. true. Yeah, it's not true. Mm-mm. It's not true. It's people that's either got real lucky or worked there, ever living ass off and made something. Or they have generational wealth and they've been handed down and right. handed down. That's and what then, I mean by lucky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I thought you meant like lottery lucky. <laughs> oh, yeah, most people that win the lottery don't have it in about just 15 <laughs> years after right. they win it. Right. <laughs> But I, I don't know. The estate taxes, it's horrible because it just destroys uh, generational wealth. You know, if, if, if my dad worked his butt off and he ended up with, with 1,000 acres paid for mm-hmm. and then he dies and I get that 1,000 acres, why, why should I have to pay taxes on all of that? 25% of the value yeah. of it. Because all that means is like now I got to find some money somewhere and cough it up in order to pay this tax. Well, now the IRS is saying, okay, so you took out a life insurance policy on your dad knowing when he died we were going to mm-hmm. come after the estate tax. Well, now we're going to tax that money that was coming at you from the life insurance as well as knock you down on the estate tax as well. These people are out of control. You pay so many taxes. There was another comment on there of somebody who's just like, think about all the taxes you pay to government. Sales taxes, property taxes, income taxes, state taxes, fishing licenses, Hunting Retail deer tags, tags food tags. real tags, yeah, flat taxes for school districts. You <laughs> d- it never stop. And he's this guy on on there just named them all off. And you got done reading it, it's like that's pretty depressing. It's a yeah. wonder any of us have any money, right? So, I wonder when we're all going to just rebel and say, "I'm going to pay my taxes this year." Yeah. If if, an, if enough of us do it, they can't do anything about it. But enough of us got to do it. But they'll figure out some. They'll figure out how to take out the leaders of it. Nah. The ones that have the most to lose. Yeah, but I mean. Well, yeah, they can't function without our money. No. But <laughs> I, 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 you know, the IRS, they legally have the power to seize your bank account. You know. Yeah, but if enough of us do it, they're not going to. They can't get us all. Is what right. you're saying? Yeah. 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 And we have every right to to stop paying our taxes when we think that our money's not going where it's supposed to go. Taxation without representation, right? There's a lot of it. Well, you know, you think about and a couple other comments that was on that thread too was uh, there was a whole lot less than this that caused the Boston Tea Party. Right. I mean, a whole lot less than mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. You know? It was the one ta- what what it What was it specifically? Do you remember? That caused it? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the king of England wanted to uh, institute a three cent tax, a, a three cent tax on tea, or something coming in a three percent tax. Yeah, yeah, three. That was it. Like I would love just for a three percent tax. Can you imagine how cool that would be, and not a thirty three percent? And they tax? destroyed all the tea. Yeah, they threw it overboard. They destroyed it all, and then they cleaned up their mess. Yeah, when they left. Yep. Because they cleaned had up that. the ships. Yeah, because they had. Yeah. They made the ships dirty and they cleaned mm-hmm. it all up for mm-hmm. that. Talk about a nice protest. Man. If they only would have done that in Minneapolis. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Go in and protest and then not leave the place looking like shit. Mm-hmm. Or burning things down to the ground. Yeah. We watched a, a special about the Boston Tea Party on Fox Nation the other day. That was a really good show. It was so good. If, if any of you guys have Fox Nation, I encourage you to... Uh, Go watch that. Which I'm not in love with Fox. And if it weren't for Ryan, we wouldn't have watched that little program. But anyway. But we did. We did. But and we, we did. do have it. 
That's oh, funny. Oh, man. Do you want to pay some bills here halfway through the show? Oh, pay bills? Okay. Yeah, I thank think you, we should. Thank you for everyone who's continued to support the Hello Jessica promo code also, because it's every month. We we get a little bit of something, and it's not, it's not much, folks. <laughs> and that's okay, because... It really, I mean, we do this as a fun hobby for the two of us. And, um, but you're still purchasing, you're still using the promo code and, and we see it every month. So we do. We and appreciate that's, it. that's, that is another, uh, huge thank you to you guys mm-hmm. and, and humbling because we went for a month and a half, I don't, maybe two months without putting out a podcast and, and we might've had our biggest month here in the last two months. Yeah. So it's like, it's amazing. Uh-huh. It, and, it is. And maybe it it's is. people just getting on there and buying some Christmas gifts. No, for, that's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. But you didn't forget. Even right. We didn't forget about you, but uh, it's just, it's completely and totally humbling that you guys, even though we're not here and we haven't been sitting here weekly promoting Hello Jessica, mm-hmm. the promo code and everything, but it, it's just, it's been awesome. And you just never forget that money's not going in our bank account. And we're going to go on vacation with it. No. Well, you are you are funding the next round, which is coming up here this year, of the uh, Bushels and Barrel Scholarship mm-hmm. for uh, any student that wants to go to a trade school and learn how to actually do something. So that's where that money ends up, and and uh, every single little bit helps, and every pillow and slipper and everything that all goes into the into the same coffer, and. Um, we're just so thankful for you guys. Mm-hmm. Just awesome. But yep. you better get to MyPillow.com. Uh, right now, the original MySlippers, $49. And trust me, they're worth it. Uh, go anywhere, pillows, $9.99. Nine bucks. What else can you get for nine? You can't go to a fast food joint and get a meal for under nine bucks now. But you can get the Go Anywhere pillow. The best sheets ever, $24. I encourage each and every one of you to buy at least four sets of those. Yeah. Because they are good. We're going to have to get another few sets, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was actually just thinking about that. There you go. Well, <laughs> whenever you do it, get on there and, and put in promo code Hello Jessica. I will. We'll save money, <laughs> and then some of that will end up back in our pocket <laughs> to fund the scholarship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, American-made products... By Americans. That's the kind of company we like to support as the jingle goes. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Boy, this brings back memories. Did you like Candlebox back in the day? Did I mean to treat you Is that this band? Yeah. Is that this band? Oh, my gosh. Am I showing my age here? Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Why do you do that to me? I don't know. That happens so every sorry. so often. I'm sorry. I hear a song. I'm like, oh, shit. That's older than you. Mm-hmm. But, that's all right. Yeah. That's all right. She's only nine years younger than me. Folks. I really like the song. It's a really good song. It is. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Yes, it's a very mm-hmm. good song. Yeah. Great song. A little more of a uh, story that we can all relate to, especially those of us that have kids. Uh, from the Epoch Times, a headline, are smartphones really making kids dumb? Yes. I don't need Epoch Times to tell me that. I see it. You see it? Mm-hmm. Is dumb the right word? Dumb? Lazy, disrespectful. There's a different word that I was thinking. Crazy, when you take it away. Dependent, so dependent upon them. 
Anyway, what's the word? My word is irresponsible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the one I think that's making kids is just irresponsible. And let me just say this. As an adult, like, I've struggled with, like, being addicted to my phone, too. I have. I'm human. It is meant to be addicting. It is programmed to keep you on it. And I've fallen right into their traps before. Yeah. I have. Yeah. And that's when I have to do a little bit of deprogramming of the mind. Right? Sure. Just saying. Sure. Yeah. It's happened. It, and it's easy to do. Uh-huh. I mean, it's easy to sit down and get sucked in scrolling Facebook, get mm-hmm. sucked in scrolling TikTok, or you name it. Yeah. Reading about random things. Right. But yeah. <laughs> yes. So um, the story reads, after decades in the classroom, award-winning teacher Steve Gardner of Billings, Montana, became acutely aware of a new problem, making it difficult for his high school students to learn. Ironically, it's the so-called smartphone. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that funny? Uh-huh. Something that's it's called a smartphone is making people dumb. I got it, babe. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> You're a nerd. Uh, I liked it. I liked the way they did that. Yeah. So uh, the phones were so disruptive and distracting, the most disruptive and distracting thing in the classroom in my 38 years of teaching, said Mr. Gardner, now retired, told the Epoch Times. While teaching English at the Billings High School, uh, Billings Senior High School, he was so concerned about the impact of phones on learning that he conducted an informal survey. He asked eight business owners in town how they addressed employee use of cell phones on the job. I thought this was pretty neat right here. He said it was amazing, uh, but... All but one had a variation of the same policy, and that policy was that texting on the job was not allowed, and an employee would be given two warnings. If caught texting after that, he would be terminated. Ooh. I, I, did, I, I never, I haven't heard anybody like that stri- strict about it. Have you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Took you a while. Yeah. Well, I was thinking... I've never had anybody like threaten termination. Right. Or, or I've never worked for anyone who threatened termination. Right. And well, then I- like first when texting started getting big, like it was like no cell phones while you're on the clock anyway. Right. Now that's unheard of. Yeah. 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 You can't imagine going to work and not having your cell phone. But I, I, I think having phones in a classroom is a horrible idea. Uh-huh. Even in the classroom. Uh-huh. And there's people that make arguments one way or the other for it. We'll get into that because the story is not over yet. Um, another guy said uh, the cell phone is a tool for, tool for bullying. Mm-hmm. And kids are using it to bully. And after I read this, I was like, well, I can, I can uh, see this. Smartphone use at school has additional negative consequences. Phones in the classroom. Hang on. Phones in the classroom and in the hallways and bathrooms are used to supercharge bullying in schools, he said. After I read this part right here, I was like, these are problems I never had to deal with because there was no such thing as any of this crap. Mm -hmm. We had CB radios in our cars whenever I was growing up. Mm -hmm. Before the students carried phones, a kid might have gotten tripped and suffered a brief embarrassment, but would then steer clear of the kid or kids who did the tripping. Now... Acts of bullying are planned and filmed with a phone, and then video of the kid being tripped and falling down is shared to the entire world online. The humiliation the kid endures, which might be on top of other problems he or she has experienced, might push the kid to suicide. 
In October, a court ruled that New York City must pay $200,000 to a girl who was forced to perform a sex act on a male while two others watched and one filmed with his phone. The the attack happened in an isolated staircase at this high school. The video was posted to TikTok and Snapchat. Like, these are things that just didn't happen whenever I was growing up. Number one, that I know of, any sex act in school never happened, as far as I can remember. Right. Now, somebody in my class might go, oh, yeah, you don't remember that one time. Well, I certainly don't remember that one time somebody had their video camcorder out <laughs> documenting it. What the hell's wrong with kids these days? Like, who thinks that's okay? Right. I just don't that's get so that. That's so sad. It really is. Talk about shitty parenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where, where are these kids' parents? And I'm not saying that the parents are like horrible people, but all kids do dumb shit. I've done plenty of it. But never in my life would I ever have thought of doing anything like that. Mm-mm. I just, I don't know. But you know, it's also, uh, uh, there's a lot of grandparents that aren't showing up either. You know, like our grandparents, whenever we were kids, well, and there was a standard across the board. There was a standard. Common courtesy, common sense. Self-conduct. Basic manners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of that's out the window now. You know, and grandparents are just like, oh, they're just kids. Let them be kids. Like, no, you need to let, like yesterday, <laughs> I was getting on to the kids at the pool. Our kids or the kids you were with? The or? kids I was with, yeah. Okay. My nieces and nephews and my kid. And they were roughhousing. And they were little babies in the pool. I'm talking two to five years old. Mm-hmm. And then one younger, but he was she was hanging out with her dad. But I said, you guys stop that right now because you got little ones around. And one of them could haul off and accidentally hit one or splash one or, you know, cause a scene. I don't know. Just stop what they were doing. And... uh I ended up having to tell him more than once. Well, Alden, <laughs> and this is, you know, Alden's gotten the brunt of a lot of things, <laughs> poor thing, because I don't know how to be a mom, and I'm learning as he's learning and all this stuff, so I'm just learning things, and I just, I, but the rule that I am, like, the stickler about, I tell you one time, I don't play the one, two, three, yeah. woe is he, you know, <laughs> Yeah. we're not playing, no, you listen to it because, and the people that don't live on a farm, if your kid doesn't listen to you the first time, that kid could get out and get ran over, ran over with the tractor, yep. ran over, run into the combine or run into another piece of equipment. You have to listen to me the first time. Yeah. And for parents who do that, that's fine. Whatever you want to do. I don't care. But for me, it's like one and done, you know, or else there's going to be a consequence. And I keep those promises. Yeah. What that consequence is. I don't know. Standing in the corner, probably these days anyway. Um, but that's about right. It's awful. He hates it. That affects him more than a spanking does. But anyways, so I'm like telling these kids more than once. So my patience is going way down on the way down meter, like mm-hmm. patience meter down. She down. You're running low. out. Yes. And so as we were leaving, I apologized to the people that were there because one of the one of the kids ended up slapping one of the girls because he wasn't listening to what I had to say. And it was on accident. It was an accident. But if he would have listened to what I said in the first place, like it wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. So I apologized to the parents there. And then there was a set of grandparents there. 
And I said, I'm so sorry. It, you know, it, accidents do happen, but, um, you know, I just, it, it stresses me out a little bit. I just apologized mm-hmm. for the kids right. behavior right? because it, it, one of the girls got poked in the eye and she said, Oh, don't worry about a thing. They're just kids. They're just having fun. And I'm like, well, that's the polite thing for her to say back. But it's, like, they're I mean, not just kids because they have the capability to listen they have the capability right. to listen. But her response to you was a nice yes. thing to say. I mean, would yes. you rather her went and looked? I was about damn time you start controlling your kids. <laughs> no. I mean, that no. wouldn't have been very nice. No, no. But I mean, the kids knew, or the kids that were with us were, I mean, they knew that they were right. kind of not up to par that right. day. And then that lady knew that I was kind of losing patience. Well, yeah, but I mean, if the kids are in the, if there's babies in the pool and then, and then the kids that you're in charge of are Mm -hmm. sitting there making huge waves and stuff like that, it's just called being inconsiderate. Yeah. And I'm not saying that our kids are so, 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 I'm not saying that at all. They're not bad. I'm just saying that this is an instance that just happened that's fresh in my brain. But we used to have a standard. If we went to grandma's house, if we went to my aunt Sally's house, if we went to my uncle Malvern's or anybody's home. There was the same exact standard. Yes. There wasn't, oh, well, you can jump on the bed here at my house, but you can't do that at home. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, you didn't jump on the bed anywhere. Yeah. You know, or you didn't put you didn't your climb hands- over the back of the couch. Yes. You didn't put your hands on the wall at yep. home and you don't go to somebody else's house and put your hands on the wall there. Right. <laughs> you know, no, exactly. Just, exactly. I mean, exactly. Because somebody's got to paint that. It's just part of being considerate of other people and other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's common courtesy. Speaking of being considerate, something that, like, the older I get, the less my patient's gas tank is getting low on, is if I'm trying to talk to somebody and they don't look at me and they just keep looking at their phone, unless they're looking Uh something up for me. Uh Uh But if, if if we're just in the midst of company and, you know, just... I'm wanting to say something to them and I start talking and they just keep looking at their phone. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm with you there. Like that is just, I don't do that. As a matter of fact, like generally speaking, if I'm with somebody, if we have a guest over or mm-hmm. we are the guest somewhere, I try to make it a point not to look at my phone. Right. Same, you know, same here. Yep. That just And then it makes it hard for like experiences like this weekend. I didn't get a whole lot of pictures because I was enjoying the time and being in the moment. Right. Because then you got you're then you're distracted. Yep, yep, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And usually, I mean, you and I, as a husband and wife, and in our home, like we are like, what are you looking at? What are you doing? I need to talk to you. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> you know? every time I pick my phone up. What well, are you smiling about? Because I always got. I want to smile too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I promise you. What me and me and Tony and Cody are talking about, you don't want to see. <laughs> oh, oh, weird. That sounded weird. <laughs> Just being guys. Oh. Locker room talk, you know. Oh, geez. Okay. We don't do that very often. Okay. It's pretty funny. Yeah. You guys have some good stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some fun inside jokes and things. Oh, yeah. But moving on in this story, though, regarding cell phones and classrooms, you know, you, you have a, a facet of people that want their kid to be able to have a phone in the classroom in case an emergency happens. Mm-hmm. Well, the people that was researching this said that's even a bad idea, and it, it, this is why. Those opposed to smartphones in class point out how many students now have school-assigned computers they can use for research and collaboration on assignments. And some argue that having phones in the class might make students less safe during an emergency. One of the nation's leading experts on school safety said that in the case of an active shooter on campus, students with phones in classrooms can add to the peril of those in the building. 
What students, staff, and parents need to know from a school safety perspective is during an emergency, if kids' attention is on their phones and it is not on the adults that should be giving very specific directions, Mm -hmm. everybody's safety is compromised. Mm -hmm. Makes perfect sense. Yes, it does. You know? And I remember uh, back whenever I was on the school board, um, there was a special meeting. And we talked about it on the podcast there last summer, two summers ago, a uh, special meeting regarding a school shooter. And we met with the the police. And, you know, that's kind of what the police was saying. is like if, if a school shooting happens, we don't need kids calling the, the, the police station and clogging right. up all the lines. Because the kids will call the parents, then the parents will call the police station. Yeah. And we need to leave open lines for somebody inside the building that's an adult. That makes perfect sense, you know? So, anyway, I, I thought that was a fun story to read. But not only that, like, kids are so addicted to these phones, the games, the pictures, the Instagrams, the whatever, they're wa- the reels that they're watching. Oh, Yeah. Well, I didn't print off that whole story. There was one part that said uh, 25% of students will take a call in middle of class. No. Pick up the phone and say hello. No. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's, That's nuts. I, yeah. But then I heard a parent, one parent, and I know specifically, <laughs> it was actually a comical conversation, but... She said that she was having to teach her teenager how to answer the phone because he didn't know when to say hello. And it was like he was saying hello before he was supposed to or, you know, he was dialing mom and mom would say hello. But she's like, as I'm saying hello, he's saying hello. And it makes no sense what he's doing. And so these kids don't know how to use phones. Yeah. <laughs> They've never had to pick up a landline phone, dial out a number, and wait for somebody to answer. Nine times out of ten, that's not the way they speak anymore. It's all text. I know. Isn't that crazy? And see, that's another bad thing about phones uh-huh. is it takes the personal interaction out of everything. Yes, it does. There uh-huh. is something to be said about two people that can sit in the same room without the distraction of a phone and look back and forth at each other and carry on a conversation. Absolutely. Because, I mean... That's what the world in your day-to-day life comes down to. It really is. And it, it, it allows you to obtain the social skills that it takes just to go out in public and, and be normal. You know? Yeah. That way, whenever you, you bump your car accidentally, accidentally bumps somebody at Walmart, you know how to respond because you're just, you're socially trained because you've just talked to people in your life. <laughs> I mean, it's... I'm just imagining two of these younger people being like... You know, like putting their hood up over their head after they ran into each other and then they both drive off to their house because they're so scared. They don't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm I'm picturing these 25 years from now, Mm -hmm. uh, these two, um, at this point, they might be 35 years old, 40, 45 years old, bumping into each other, bumping their carts at Walmart. Mm -hmm. And they don't know how to talk to each other because they're just not used to talking, period. What do they do? Bumped into your cart. What's your phone number? I'll text you. Mm-hmm. And that way they can say, I'm sorry. It's more like, what's your Snapchat handle? <laughs> and then I'll get a hold of you that way. Yeah. <laughs> Even though that makes zero sense <laughs> to adults, I guess. <laughs> I realize that's kind of far-fetched, but I mean, it's far away from just person-to-person interaction anymore. And then they're going to marry. 
And then they're going to procreate. And then they're not going to know how to, like, have a, if they haven't already, you know. Like, my youngest sister, she's 21. She'll be 22 soon. Yeah. Or maybe she'll be 23. I need to go back and do the math. Anyway, she's, she grew up with smartphones. Yeah. You know, mom and dad were pretty strict about when and when, when she could use them. And then they went through her stuff, her social media. And that was before, like, social media was, like, super... Just engulfed everything. But uh-huh. um, anyway, so now she's married a guy her age. And it's kind of like, I can't imagine. Because you've got the dating and you didn't have the texting back then. Mm-hmm. And you've got, you know, the and they've grown up with just texting or, you know, Snapchatting or, you know, it's just well, weird. Know, it's just kind of hard to think about. Well, so, I, I think it's about, hard to right. Imagine. I think about whenever I grew up. Mm-hmm. If I, if let's just say I puppy love had a girlfriend and I wanted to talk to my girlfriend whenever I'm at home, you, <laughs> you, get, a, you get on the landline <laughs> and you call the house and pray that dad doesn't pick up and you have to ask for her. You pray right. that she just picks up. Yes. But the thing that does is whenever I was on the phone at my house, my mom and dad knew I was on the phone and they knew who I was talking to. Mm-hmm. And I, there is nothing wrong with a parent knowing no. who your kid's talking to. Absolutely. And nowadays that doesn't happen. I mean, in this article, it said the average age right now of a kid is 11 Mm-mm. when they get their smartphone. That's the average age. Oh, geez. Now, granted, there's some older and there's some younger, but that's the average age. That is too young to to just be have the ability to see everything that's out there on the internet. And you're just asking for trouble, I think. And I don't care. There ain't a, there's not a damn 11-year-old on the face of this earth that needs to be texting his girlfriend no. about anything ever. No. Or Snapchatting them. Oh, even worse. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. But you got to think, like, it's got to be some sort of plan. You know, don't you think? It's got to be in some sort of weird, wicked, evil plan that somebody's... Oh, so you think there's a conspiracy behind this? I don't know that it's a conspiracy. I think it's fact. I just don't know what it is. Who's behind it? I don't know. The people, them. I think it's, I personally, and maybe I'm naive and you accuse me of it a lot. Uh-huh. I think it's, it's an unintended, unintended consequence of something that was supposed to be cool and fun. That's what I kind of think. Like Snapchat. And I, I, I don't know the people that invented it, but I would just kind of, I would kind of think, oh, this is kind of fun. You know, you send a picture and it just goes away. You can just do that as many times as you want. But, yeah, it doesn't take very immediately, long. Immediately, I knew that it was not a good thing. Like, yeah. immediately, I knew that people used it for bad. Oh, whether kids that do be, all the time now. Whether that be like a, um, you know, like a married person talking to somebody who they're not married to. Mm-hmm. Or <clears throat> whether that be kids or, right. you know, people dating. Those, those pictures don't go away. They go somewhere. Yeah. So... Immediately. Mm-hmm. Before I even downloaded the app, I knew. Oh, yeah, they don't go away. Mm-hmm. So. I've told Cohen many, mm-hmm. many times. That's because that's primarily the way that he talks to people, I, I believe. Or at least that's the way he used to only talk to people. I, I've told him over and over, you never, ever put something on that Snapchat that you wouldn't approve of me seeing or the police seeing. Because if we really want it, we can get it. That's true. I mean, it, it, you that's think true. they're gone. All, all Snapchat does is just makes it harder for us to retrieve them, but we can do it. You don't believe me? Ask the Murdoch guy. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Snapchat's what hung him out to dry. I mean, that was the concrete evidence that put him at the crime. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. I think he gets a new trial. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. I didn't read into it very much, though. But Hey, have you... You listened to yesterday's podcast with me and Nick, right? I did. Did Did you hear me bumbling through that missing gentleman that's up there? And mm-hmm. I, have you heard anything about this besides whenever I just said it? Um, I well, when you first started talking about it, like at home, you know, I looked at it and looked at you know the the people. I followed a little bit of it. He's still missing, I assume. Yeah, and it looks. I mean, of course, you don't know what the cops all know that they haven't put out there. But it seems like it's pretty cold. Oh, no. Like, and I realize it's only a month later, but it seems like it's just getting cold because I haven't read anything. If you were gone for an entire month without me knowing where your body is, I'm like, yeah, that would be a long time. That'd be the eternity. I can't imagine what that poor Sarah Schultz is is, is dealing with. I feel so bad for her. Um, But I, I did a little more uh, reading about it because... I told you last night I was probably going to murder the story. And actually, I wasn't too far off on the stuff I told you. But um, some of the stuff that I printed off, just so you guys get it, and I kind of put down a timeline a little bit for you. It says, uh, last month, 53-year-old Wall Lake truck driver and father of twin 10-year-old boys. Mm. And here we are coming up on Christmas. Not that there's Mm -hmm. ever a good time of year to lose your dad. Mm Mm-hmm. Disappeared under mysterious circumstances. His red Peterbilt semi. See, I was even right about that. Red Peterbilt semi with white stripes was found at the afternoon of November 21st, parked in middle of the northbound lane of County Road N14, not far from where it intersects D15 in northeastern eastern Sac County, Iowa. The trailer he rents was loaded with pigs, but David was nowhere to be found on that stretch of paved roadway, which is flanked by cornfields, a number of farms are visible from all directions, along with wind turbines several miles off to the east. On December 9th, uh, the sheriff of of Sac County, McClure, released a detailed account of David's last hours before he disappeared. He noted that David was not the David Schultz, who had a one-way flight booked from Minneapolis to Phoenix late in the afternoon on November 21st. I guess they're doing their due diligence to find Mm -hmm. this David Schultz guy who's on an airplane, one-way ticket, Mm -hmm. you know, like, well, he's just trying to escape life. Right. Wrong David Schultz. So, and then they also used his phone and and, uh, figured out that he had not legally gone through a U.S. border crossing. Investigators learned David had picked up his load, but he had been late to arrive. His truck was the last loaded that evening. He left about 10.50 p.m. from the hog farm where he picked up the baby pigs. Uh, A sec, a, a. Sack County, Iowa secondary roads employee called David's truck miss called David's truck in at 3:04 p.m. on November 21st after it was discovered parked on the traveled portion of the road uh, at the intersection of D15. So you have he picked up the pigs at 10:50 p.m. The, uh, the night before. Finally his truck was called in like, hey, there's a semi in the middle of the northbound lane of, of D15 at 3.04. The next day. The next day. That's a long time. That's a long time. But I thought about that because I think I read read that part of it. Mm-hmm. If a semi is sitting in a truck, the semi takes precedence over the road, right? I'm, I'm just saying that's kind of how it, it, it's kind of how it is to just regular car drivers. All right. So if you've got a line like five cars deep and you're all sedans 
and you're all just kind of going around. You sit there for a minute, you realize that truck's not moving, so you just kind of go around. You creep around at first, and then you just go around. So then everybody else follows the leader. And that continues on, and it continues on, and it continues on. Somewhere, that semi that semi driver's around here, and he's parked for a reason. So Mm -hmm. we're just, you know, somebody else is taking care of it, so we're going to move on. So I can see why it took a long time. Right. But okay. the state the state workers should have picked up on it. But if nobody called about it, then, I mean, so I don't know. <clears throat> David Semi had reportedly been sitting there since early since the early morning. The truck was shut off, the oh, lights were off, and the key was in the ignition. Somebody moved that truck there. Deputies found David's wallet and cell phone inside. Uh, the sheriff said a towel, cell phone charger, and pocket knife were found in the coat his coat, on the opposite side of the road. Okay. Uh, Sarah, her husband, David's husband, said that he throws his wallet on the dash rather than keeping it in his pocket. David's wife, Sarah. Yeah. Okay. Said that he throws his wallet on the dash rather than keeping it in his pocket, which would be bad for his back. She said law enforcement office showed her the wallet, which contained David's driver's license. She said it held at least $2,000 cash. Jeez. And from what she could tell, nothing was missing from it. Okay. It still had the $2,000 in it. She said he starts off the week with about $2,000. You want to have it for emergencies. He doesn't use credit cards. Okay. Okay, so now it makes sense the wallet might have been in the truck on the dashboard. Okay. Okay? Um, I'm piecing this together for you guys. So... Picks up the pigs at 10.50 p.m. It's that Somebody finally turned the tr- turned in the truck at 3.04 p.m. They know that he stopped at a truck stop uh, at 11.15 p.m. after he picked the pigs up. They have him on camera somewhere close to Fort Dodge, Iowa. Then they followed his cell phone down the route that he would be traveling to go to where he's dropping these pigs off. Mm-hmm. Now, I did a little bit of my own research before I even came up here. And the place that I think he was supposed to drop the pigs off, if I'm not mistaken, was in Sac City, which is really, really close to where the truck was found. But the truck was found north of Sac City, and he should, according to what I've seen on he the, shouldn't have been he there. shouldn't have been going north of Sac City. He would have been coming into Sac City from the east on Route 20, in which case he would have had to have turned south, mm-hmm. not north. So that was weird. Like if if Sac City and this this Weinman's Hog Place or whatever, uh, Weichman Hog Buying Station, if that's the one he was going to, because there's one there. So that makes no sense to me, which I've read in different places. But anyway, the the cell phone data also shows investigators that Schultz travels across the intersection of Highway 20 and 71 Junction. In my opinion, that's where he would have turned left. There was no usable video from DOT camera at Highway 4 and Highway 20, which is back to the east there. And there was no video of Schultz stopping at the truck stop at Highway 4, which I guess he didn't stop there. So he drove right on past Highway 4, which would have been normal along his route if he was going to Sac City to drop the pigs off. The cell phone shows Schultz's phone arriving at 20 and 71, which is where he would turn left, at 12.18 a.m. So that's just making sense. He picks up the pigs at 10.15 p.m. They He leaves there. He stops at a coffee shop or some gas station or something at uh, 11, whatever, 11.15. And then at 12.18, it shows his truck right at the intersection where he should have turned left. But then 
the data shows the phone traveling north to where the truck was found, which just makes no sense. Why would he be going north? Which makes me wonder, did someone get in that truck mm. and maybe crawl in the sleeper or something, and he's going down the road? But even at that, let's just say that somebody got in the sleeper. He didn't know it while he was in getting his cup of coffee. They go down the road. He gets to where he needs to turn left. And this person just pops out and says, you're going to turn right. That's what you're going to do. Oh, you know? So he turns right. Where'd they go? They stopped in the middle. They just stop in the middle of the northbound lane, shut the truck off, shut the lights off. It's dark outside. I mean, I don't know how much traffic goes up and down that road, especially that time of night, but they just vanish, which means somebody had to have been following them. To pick him up. Oh. Are you thinking that he's still... I don't know if he's alive or dead, but I'm just saying, I don't think... Th- there had to be more than one person involved in this. Because, I mean, if it was just one person, and he said, okay, turn right, and then they go up the... They go north just a little bit and says, all right, shut your truck off and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, where'd they go? They didn't just get out and start walking. Or maybe he just said he he's not going to comply, you know. So maybe he stopped the truck, turned off the truck, you know, set the brakes, and then. But then where'd they go? Off of the cliff. I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty flat up there. Oh, okay. I mean, so and it's not funny. I'm just saying. It's pretty flat. Yeah. So, um, David's wife said an acquaintance of hers said that he nearly hit that parked truck. At 5.30 in the morning on his way to work. Because I guess if it's sitting out there in the middle of the road, no flashers on, no nothing. Yeah. You just drive up at 55 mile an hour or whatever. Uh-huh. It just sneaks up on you. So Especially if you're playing your dumb phone. Right. You know? Right. But it, I guess he nearly hit it at 5.30. He came back and it was still sitting there, but he didn't call anybody. He just figured he knew this David guy. Just thought, well, he's. I'm sure he's got it handled. Yeah. Got it, got it covered. So... Assuming that that truck stopped at 1240 a.m. right there where it was at, but the phone continued pinging because the phone was left in the truck, the question is, is what happened between 1240 and 530? That, if you could figure out what happened in that timeline right there, you could probably solve the case. You've got a good point when you say there might be more than one person involved. I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. But I'm thinking that somebody could overtake somebody with a gun at any time. Sure, but then what do you do? What do you do with the body? Okay, let's say that. Of course, there's from what we have, from what's been reported, there was no. Didn't look like there was a struggle in the cab. Obviously, no blood or anything. And it wasn't anywhere. a robbery because they would have taken his cash, the cash out of his wallet. Exactly. So, like, if you shot him, there'd be residue somewhere. You would you would know it. And then what'd you do? Just throw his corpse over your back and walk off? Where'd you walk to? Yeah, and how far? How far? The only way that would have worked is somebody had somebody would have had to have been behind you. Mm. You jump out of that truck with this person and hop in the car that was following you mm-hmm. that was in on the deal. Yeah. Which, if that's the case, this is a real mystery. With, with with no blood or anything like that, it tells me he was alive when he was taken out of the truck, not dead, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking, what would make you stop in the middle of the road anyway? What would make you take your jacket off and throw it on the other side of the road in the ditch? Somebody telling you to take it off. Somebody telling you to take it off or you got in a fight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I could see a semi-driver. I could see any driver getting out and maybe almost rear-ending somebody or 
getting out and, you know, like somebody stopped in the middle of the highway and then you've got to stop. Yeah. And then they're yelling at you and you're like, what am I supposed to do here? And they get out just to save face or keep peace or whatever. Yeah. And then they get overtaken. I mean, there's no telling what happened. Right. Right. Oh, man. And the people that think that maybe just one other person is involved in this, I would say that would be possible if his truck was parked on Route 20 along the route that he was just normally going to drive to take these pigs to where mm-hmm. they go. But since mm-hmm. it was turned, turned and went the wrong road. way, yeah, that tells me somebody was in there telling him what to do. Yeah. Maybe with a gun to his head. Yeah. But it's so bizarre. And, and I've read so much stuff about this. And, and poor Sarah, his wife, is so desperate that it, it said that she's reached out to psychics. Oh, no. To ask, you know. Oh. I just... I, I cannot imagine where is, let me see if I can find where it says the, the psychic thing. Um, no, I didn't print that off. Like in one of the psychics said that she sees for what it's worth. I don't buy yeah. much of the psychic stuff, but she sees that he was hit in the back of the head and floating in a body of water. Oh geez. Which is awful. But they don't really know. They don't have any idea. It's a psychic. Another one said that a second psychic said that he was, she sees him in a corner of a room, but very frail. <laughs> so like, who knows, whatever, but just using the information we got yeah. and some, some hypothesis is he had a medical emergency. So, okay, well let's dissect that hypothesis, a medical emergency. Then why did he shut the truck off, kill the lights and not even get it off the road? Yeah. A driver knows better than to do any of that. Right. I mean, and I find it hard to believe if, if it was a medical emergency and the man was so incapacitated that he had the wherewithal to kill the truck, turn off the lights and get out, shed his coat, throw it in a ditch, <laughs> yeah. but not call anyone? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that doesn't, that, that, that doesn't pass the smell test to me. So I, I don't think anyway. Um, another hypothesis is, is, and we've watched Datelines about it, somebody just walks away from their life, says, I'm done. I'm out. I'm going to... Not kill myself, obviously, but I'm just going to quit being me. And I'm just going to go missing. And I'm just going to escape. Okay? If that's the case, somebody helped him. Because once again, he's out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. On a cold winter's night. I mean, mm-hmm. November evening. There's mm-hmm. snow on the ground. At least when the Which search... Which you kind of ra- hope... I mean, you kind of hope that he's still alive because you hate to go the other direction. And I totally just, hope he's still alive. Yeah. But at the same time, like, what a crappy dude. If he did that. To, to do that. But once you again, know. to just escape. Yeah. To, yeah. That would be like me in my semi um, driving. Okay, so we're in the greater Bone Gap area. That would be like me driving up to distance-wise from my a, house, a f- Effingham, out in the country, parking my truck, getting out, and just walking off, leaving my wallet. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. If you were going to just completely try to walk away from your life, your kids, your wife, and everything, you'd still need some money to live on, and the $2,000 cash was still in his wallet. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. So I don't think he walked away from his life. Mm-mm. Something bad has happened, and somebody knows something. Mm-hmm. Why it happened, for what reason, I, I don't have any idea. Mm. But in my opinion, more than from what I've read and what I've just told you guys, it seems to me like there had to have been two people involved. Yeah. Besides him. Yeah. The way this just has shaken out. but And I can't tell you why I'm so mesmerized by this story. I think it's just because it's weird. And the guy is from the ag community. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's, mm-hmm. he's he might not be a farmer, but he's directly related and, and 
ag pulling a load of pigs and and two 10 year old boys i just you just don't think that a family man with children like i mean and that's just my brain and hoping that most family men with children (laughs) and a wife at home are are not going to just walk away from their life yeah that everything's stable right right which i mean i i watched a couple of interviews of his wife on tv Mm -hmm. she she doesn't look like she's unstable she she's tore up yeah right now because her husband's gone yeah so if that happened to you i just don't a month would feel like an eternity Mm-hmm. I, that just goes to show you just never know, mm-hmm. you know, somebody sneaks. Well, you know what your, we can pray for? Go for it. Is for eyes to be opened and hearts to be changed so that if they do know something, they can turn themselves in. Amen. True. And, or, or they or turn in the information that they do know. That's right. You know, and then the detectives have a clue thrown in front of their feet. Exactly. Amen. That's it. You know, that's what we can pray for. Yep. Um, So. Yeah. And there's a guy that's missing from Princeton over here. Indiana? Mm Mm-hmm. Really? Or Gibson County, anyway. When did he go missing? Right around the same time. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember um, your cousin Jenna was talking to us about it. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's still missing. Yeah. It's weird. There's it a lot really of missing, is. and I say a lot. I mean, I don't, I don't pay attention to missing persons, but it just seems like there's a lot more right now than there have been. Yeah. In the last few years. Yep. But I don't know. Now, all you guys, I mean, we're, we're holidays or not, but it's just had to be. A, it would have to be especially hard at the holidays, mm-hmm. and my heart just breaks for two ten-year-old mm-hmm. twin boys. I mean, mm-hmm. on on a. The internet and then on Facebook, you can find pictures of him hanging out, hanging around that, or sitting on the on the fuel tank of that big rig with both his boys. One of his mm-hmm. boys is wearing a bazooka bubble gum shirt. Another one looks like he's wearing a Lego shirt. <laughs> yeah. They just look like innocent 10-year-old good kids, like American, just, just a, a normal family-type photo yeah. of real life hanging out with dad. And it just breaks your heart to see that, yeah. to know that dad is nowhere to be found. In all the circumstances that I've just read to you that, that has been released to the to us in the public. Um, and, and like I said last night before Nick came on, if anybody has any any information or if, I am, if I'm wrong about any of this stuff, bushelsandbarrels1 at gmail.com because I want to correct it if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. I sure don't want to put out bad information. You just never know who might be hearing it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I seriously doubt anybody that listens to this program would know anything directly of what actually did happen. It could help solve the case. But what if you yeah. just never know? Yeah, true. You know, that's the other thing. Like, OK, so they, they think this truck was parked there at 1240. And then this Sarah's friend almost hit it at 530 and had to drive around it. Was there no one else on that road between 1240 and 540 who saw that and then has not come forward and said, no, it was it was sitting there. That was weird. We all or saw. Or maybe it. it's out of their you know initial search, you know, because it only makes the news to to your people, you know, in your own echo chamber. Yeah, but this is a pretty much national story now. I mean, Newsweek has picked this story up. I read. Oh, okay. I mean, it's okay. it's a national story. It's not just local local anymore. Ag, it was local talk. during Thanksgiving. But anyway, yeah. If any of you guys know, bushels and barrels one gmail dot com. Yeah. Jess checks that about every day. So if you if you send something, we'll see it pretty quick. Yeah. I don't respond very often, but I mean Yeah. I will. Right, right. So anyway, well, I think that's pretty good for this one. What do you think? Yeah. Welcome okay. back. Yeah. Does it feel good? It does. Do I, you feel I'm, like you're back in the saddle? Yeah, I do. I, I, I feel <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I feel a okay. little bit rested. 
I just, I, didn't, I never wanted this thing to turn into a job. I know. And as busy as what we were through mm-hmm. fall harvest and stuff. You felt that's obligated. What it yeah. It would have been a job. And I just yeah. I do this for the fun of it. Yeah. And it is great fun and, and hanging out with all you guys. It's great fun. And I don't want to, I don't want to lose that part of it. So Good. anyway. Good. So yeah. since harvest time. Alden has been addicted to Top Gun. Oh, my gosh. Top Gun Maverick and Top Gun Original. And <laughs> it's hilarious. And it's also like the only adult movie he's allowed to watch. So, <laughs> And both of those movies. So we do have two of them now. Um, because he does fast forward when they're talking. He, yeah. he does. He knows how to use the remote and he fast forwards through the talking. And he only lights like whenever they're flying. They're actually jets. jetting. Yeah, th- that's what he calls it, jetting. So Cohen, whenever he was a kid, he had all these planes, airplanes, and jets, and <laughs> he just he just flies them around the house, you know, oh, and he's running every and day. The sound effects and everything. So he is doing nothing but jetting. And every time we get home from school and step mom, do I have enough time to go jetting today? I'm like, yeah, you got plenty of time, bud. Jetting. You just go jet. So then, you need to. so then for <laughs> the next two hours, here's all you hear. <laughs> and he's talking, you know, like he's got a helmet on and in the microphone and he's like, turn right, break right, you know, and all this stuff. <laughs> I'm going to hit the brakes. I'll fly right by. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says it all. So it's really funny. But anyways, right before we came up here, that uh, the Maverick movie was on. And this song that you're going to close the show out with is is one of the songs that uh, is in the new movie. And it's really catchy. It's a yes. catchy tune. The closing bumper music is brought mm-hmm. to you by Top Gun Maverick and Jessica. Because <laughs> that's the one she wanted. <laughs> I let her pick it I'm out. Like, this is the one that's in my head right now. So <laughs> here you go. Well, you think we'll get another one out before Christmas? I think so. I think it, we will too. I think we can. Who yeah. knows? We, this might be, this has been a lot of fun today. Who knows? We might be back through the week. You never can tell. Don't want to get right. your hopes up. Right. If we do, it'd probably be a happy hour about like me and Nick did last night. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> through the week it would, you know. Yeah. So anyway, we're so glad you're here. So glad you're with us. So. Leah Thomas is still a boy. You were born an American. Don't forget to be one. Jesus Christ is still our Savior. Amen. Adios.